welcome to the Three Things Podcast. I'm Glenn Kubish in Edmonton. This is where I try to notice three things from my little life that left behind a trail of happiness or gratitude so I can retrace my steps later. This week, number one, jazz. Jazz is one of the good things of life, like olives, tomatoes, scotch whiskey, basketball, that take getting used to. Jazz strikes me as the kind of music most aware of its being built and rebuilt. When I listen to jazz, or when I watch it live, I feel like I've wandered into a workshop where notes are being split and sounds are being hammered out in new ways on the spot by craftspeople. The trumpet, sax, drums, bass, and piano are instruments, as in tools, used to make pieces of music. To the brass, ivory, mahogany, maple, birch, polyester, ebony, and steel of those implements, musicians add their breath and touch to make sounds that leave an impression. I got lucky last week and was invited to sit in on a workshop with a couple of players as they finessed things into shape while Take 5 by the Dave Brubeck Quartet played from the speakers overhead. To my right, Jay was working solo on a complex break. In front of me, Kevin was improvising with what he later explained was a cold reset of my chain stays. My beloved Miata 1000 touring bicycle was in the shop at Red Bike on 88th Avenue getting new rims and hubs and I was watching it all come together in real time. Bicycle mechanics work in what's called service or the repair shop or just the back. Those terms are unsatisfying. It's a studio. Think about the term mechanic. In music, it describes how sound is made to come out of specific instruments. Same thing with bicycle mechanics. Their jam is in configuring steel and aluminum and rubber so that what is exhaled by the likes of me when, say, I'm conducting myself down the McKinnon Ravine Hill is some version of, wow, so smooth, so So cool. cool. Gotta get a band together and make some tracks. Number two, first person plural. Where are we, Lionel? We're in Compiègne, Richard. We're next to the Chateau de Compiègne. We're standing on these wonderful cobbles here. That is the question that hooked me onto the cycling podcast. Where are we, Lionel? Was how the cyclist, journalist, and author Richard Moore would start an episode of the show, particularly when he, Lionel, and Daniel were on the road in France, Italy, or Spain covering the world's biggest professional bicycle races. That question, where are we, Lionel, was Lionel's cue to describe the location of the podcast recording, where they were in the world at that moment, which invariably was a charming bistro hotel terrace or a roadside pub. Lionel would go on to comment on the ornaments of where they were, the lodgings, the wine, the coffee, the weather, the cheese... Eventually, they would get back to the race highlights and the strategy and tactics of the teams, most of which remained as opaque as curling to me. But I listened for years, still do. I listened because of the trio's love of the sport and of bicycle culture, but mostly because of the joy the chaps took in each other's company. I just wanted to hang out with them and have a pint. I was keen to the we of the where are we, Lionel. Where are we is the question of questions. There are many routine answers. We're at home or away in the Pyrenees or the Rockies or at coffee outside in Ferron Park. We're on bike or foot or in a car or on a bus. Thank you. We're indoors or outdoors or online. We're in France recording a podcast or in Edmonton listening. We're at dinner or at lunch, at work or on holidays. If we don't know quite where we are. In 100 meters, 148th Street Northwest turns left and becomes 88th Avenue Northwest. GPS has the coordinates. There are so many answers to that question, where are we, that we miss what is obvious. We don't know where we are. The most recent episode of the Cycling Podcast was titled Our Friend Richard Moore 
Oh no, Moore had died at age 48. What sad, strange, shocking news. I'd never come close to meeting or even talking to Richard Moore, but I got to know his voice. It was a reporter's voice. It put questions like, where are we, out into the world. It was a friend's voice. It put that question to companions. As if the answer was known before the question was even asked, that we are where we are when we are together along the way. As if we find where we are by the questions we ask each other. Rest in peace, Mr. Moore. Number three, Twitter verse. While Elon Musk was plotting to acquire Twitter to save civilization, Mary Pinkowski was writing a verse about the very Edmonton day that Dr. Markland did not, like so many previous years, crash his bike on the obvious to everyone but the doctor spring ice in the McKinnon Ravine. Her poem capped off so far a remarkable Twitter thread. The doc started it with a post after he, quote, rode the icy gauntlet on the gravel bike, did not die, end quote. He shared a beautiful pic of the trail. His did-not-die coda made Twitter smile. The doc is a man of science. Life must be tested and confirmed, after all. Next thing we knew, Nadine, who is a graphic designer, joined the conversation. Someone had suggested that some merch with the did-not-die fragment could be made. A half an hour, she's got a concept. Another half an hour, she sent us the link to her store where the t-shirt is being printed. By the end of the night... I've got a Mary then wrote and posted her tribute to the doc and the version of the Whitman life force that animates him. It begins like this. These days, everything I know about living comes from a critical care doctor who cycles the land's tightropes, makes his body river as he careens down cliffs, screaming, I did that and I did not die. Now this is the Twitterverse I enjoy. People putting stuff out there, riffing off each other, going local, saying yes to ideas, improvising, finding rhymes, getting the in-concert t-shirt. Thanks for being out there, friends. See you next time.